0: yo orlando guess who's getting hard as a rock jay and silent bob at the hard rock live on march 16th kevin smith and jason muse will regale you with ribald tales so debaucherous i can't even mention them here Actually, I just don't know what the fuck you are going to talk about. But prepare your funny boner for some awesome oral. We'll even supply the tissues. Jay and Silent Bob get old at the Hard Rock Live in Orlando on March 16th. Links for tickets for this and all Smodco shows available now at csmod.com. Yo, Detroit. Guess who's coming to save the city on April 13th? Nope, not RoboCop. Jay and Silent Bob, motherfuckers. Smotco's icons are taking the stage at the Redford Theater, and you are cordially invited to plant your ass there. Kevin Smith and Jason Mews. No trench coats, no hair extensions, but maybe a reference to Don't Stop Believin'. Jay and Silent Bob get old. April 13th at the Redford Theater in Detroit. Tickets on sale now, so go get them, tiger. Oh, wait, sorry. Lions links to tickets for all smodco shows at csmod.com biatch so you're saying to yourself yo sir dude i wanted to see kevin smith in halifax nova scotia but the motherfucker sold out well after i shed a tear for you i highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to ticky tickets. Say it with me, baby. Csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. Red State DVD and Blu-ray available now at coopersdell.com. Get exclusive bundle packages featuring posters, soundtracks, t-shirts, signed scripts, wardrobe used in the film, and a chance to be a guest on air with Kevin Smith via Skype. Red State DVD and Blu-ray exclusive bundles now at coopersdell.com. Smirch alert smirch alert motherfucker smirch alert go to smartcast.com slash merchandise to get your official jay and silent bob iphone 4 cases from casemate choose from three different snoogarific designs we got soft ones and hard ones hey i'm talking about the cases bitch all emblazoned with your favorite smodco icons jay and silent bob snag your iphone 4 case for 39.99 and protect the precious smodcast.com slash smerchandise yo canada jay and silent bob are gonna be royally mounting you december 7th in vancouver december 8th edmonton december 9th calgary december 10th saskatoon and December 11th, Winnipeg. Their comedic maple syrup's gonna be gushing all over your timbits. How's that for a visual, eh? Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live in the Great White North. Linky links to tickets at smodcast.com slash Canada. So, you're saying, Yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biach. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The gar me. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on smirchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuck-ton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just four ninety nine a month, you'll get CD-quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir, ad-free. It's like watching porn without having to fast-forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. Hey,
1: everyone. This is Jack Morrissey. Uh... Welcome to Team Jack, Episode 9, Just in Time, which is a title that I thought of literally like one minute ago, and probably the only relevance it'll have to the content of this episode, not that we'll know until we look back um, from the end, but probably the only relevance is that we are recording this on um, the Monday uh like 3 days before you could hear it if you're listening to it at its earliest airing on Wednesday uh we have to get it out to Ken Plume tonight Monday night so that he can um put it through the washer and dryer and have it ready to uh air on smodcast uh, dot com on Wednesday afternoon um as always, the heavy lifting up front on Twitter, J-A-C-K underscore M-O-R-R-I-S-S-E-Y. Also, Team underscore Jack, where you'll find lots and lots and lots and lots of conversation about sparkly vampires, uh, six-packed werewolves, and babies named Rinesme. Um, A big shout-out to my co-host Greg Yolan, who is... Uh, at his desk right now, uh, down in the post production offices for the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part Two, where things are well underway. Um, given that Greg came out of the closet last week as, uh, my partner's assistant. And, um, I've been traveling this weekend, Greg's been sick. And so today's, uh, today's team is, as always, uh, our co-host and engineer, Matt Cohen from the network. Yo. On um, Twitter, Camel, camel Toad. Camel Toad, yeah. No
2: underscores. No underscore, you but pure out. Class. You didn't need an underscore. No, no, no one
1: else wanted Camel Toad.
2: There's a few now. There's some imitators, man. But Oh, uh, really? Yeah. There's Often a, there's, imitated, never equal. Exactly.
1: Um, and uh,
3: today we have
1: uh my friend Mike Willer. That's, that's your cue. One more time, Mike. Hello, My Mike. Name is actually, Mike has a lovely voice uh, built, built for radio as well. I have a face for radio as well. That's a, so not true.
3: <laughs> I know, but I'm fishing. <laughs> you for have a face for television, maybe even feature. Film. Maybe even features, <laughs> indie features, not real
1: features. And you're on Twitter as well, right? We get all the we get all this shit out of the way. I am in right fact on front. Twitter as
3: Michael Willer. I have I think 27 followers. Okay, well, so um it's pretty fantastic during the show
1: as as i'm gassing on at some point mm. check your follower count on twitter just so we know and then state it at some point later in the show and once the show airs wednesday uh or goes live online and then goes up on iTunes. Um, Check it again. Watch what happens. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> you will have 36 followers. I am so excited for that. You can't
1: We guarantee imagine. nine followers at oh, least. Yeah. Uh, um we will eight of which send will have, the flying monkeys eight of
2: which will have avatars of them standing next to uh rob pattinson
3: somewhere yes. <laughs> i've
2: got, I've gotten some new followers and i, I go to really? every time i got a new follower I, I click to see who it is and there's been yeah. a bunch of like ladies with rob pattinson yeah and i don't know if they're standees or pictures from premieres
1: it's probably it's probably all pictures from the la premiere right premiere. on yeah and because they're probably all hardcore Twy hearts you can hit me to this phenomenon up.
2: One lady in particular followed me. She'd had like a very nice comment. She, she'd watch, she'd listen to Midnight or something, and she laughed. Nice. And she was a mom. It said.
1: A lot of them are. Like with Twilight children Moms, and married. Whole, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: The husbands don't get upset that the wives are crushing on like fucking eighteen-year-old British sparkly kids.
1: There's no, um,
2: because they no it seems like it seems like they're a die-hard fan base, and it, I don't. I'm not gonna say
1: one of the members of um the other team, Jack, Team Jack on twitter who um have been doing a metric buck ton of heavy lifting since the movie opened basically organizing all these questions that i will um hopefully now have the time to answer since the last of the travel non-movie related travel but the last of travel in general is now behind us we just got back from this wedding in new york bill's niece um congratulations (laughs)
2: congratulations Uh, (laughs) congratulations
1: nicole (laughs) now nicole sullivan but um one of the team jack members said to me when i was hanging out down there in tent city or camp breaking dawn however you want to refer to it uh which was set up in the the
2: occupy light
1: occupy yeah (laughs) occupy occupy la live um said to me that she had said to Stephanie Meyer the author of the entire Twilight saga uh the four Twilight saga novels that uh her novels had saved this woman's marriage wow and i kind of didn't i didn't i think we talked a bit more about it but i didn't really drill down into what that was about, but I, and while that may be somewhere between common and rare, it's probably not rare and it's probably not common, it's, it's definitely like a part of the Twilight phenomenon, Twilight moms.
2: That's a huge thing, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder cool. what aspect of the marriage was going down that it saved, or if it was just everything. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
2: Are the kids typically into it too, or like are these some of these like younger mo- girls? Or, no, I mean, are these are these uh, mothers of children who are also fans, or are some of these mothers.
1: That's less clear to me.
2: The only fan in their family.
1: That in some cases I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Although I have heard anecdotally of um, lots of women who end up taking nieces. Um, I'm taking my granddaughter. I'm taking my goddaughter. I'm taking my. But I don't hear. Again, this is just anecdotal. Um, I don't hear so much about women who are actually taking their kids. I do hear often about women who are dragging their husbands or boyfriends. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, me too. And sons. I've I've actually heard that as well, which is interesting because for me the highest, some of the highest praise is, um, "Oh, my son loved the movie," or "My son thought the movie was great." It's like, wow, you know. And then I'm always like, you know. Well, how old is your son? I mean, is he six or is he 26? Is, has he gone to high school? Is he in college or whatnot? And most of the, most, again, this is just anecdotal, but most of them are high school or college age.
2: I That's cool, know. man. Yeah, it was just a random, yeah. A lot, a lot of moms were following me now. I felt like I should, I'd, I should censor my fucking tweets. And I was like, no, let's, mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. scare them away as quickly as possible.
1: You know, there, um, this, uh, one of the two, i think co-creators co-founders uh owner operators of twilight lexicon which is one of the largest if not the sort of i don't even know how you read how you measure it maybe maybe just in traffic like everybody else but one of the largest twilight fan sites laura cristiano um i just totally lost my train of thought she's a mom No, no 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 she has a mom no um what did we say Sons to 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 moms, to Twitter followers, kid liked
2: it. High school Twitter
1: off the rails. I just I totally know. lost my train of thought in giving the background, which I feel like I always do on this podcast. I'm always the guy who's like, and by the way, that restaurant is out in Simi Valley, and you take Tapo <laughs> Canyon to the one or whatever. And See man, now man. I
2: know. want to know like what restaurant forward. we're going to. Like I'm on the journey with you. I'm over in Simi Valley. Like don't are she, you really? No, no, not at all.
1: Oh yeah, I know. Now you're lost in see, see me, That's like, what I mean, yeah. Because I, I have uh adult on or early onset. Um, what's it called again? You're going to
2: say early onset ADHD? <laughs> I was like, I think I can come on pretty early. How was um? How was the wedding in New York?
1: It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was fun.
3: It was right, nice. On. The better question is, how cold were you in New York? Um, not
1: that cold. It was actually. Really? It was. It was crisp and clear. There was no snow on the ground, hmm. white, dirty, or otherwise. And I did get to go to Calvary. Do you know what that is, Matt Cohen? Yeah. Mike Willer, you Don't even never heard of Calvary, right?
3: <laughs> I have heard of it. I know nothing about it.
1: Calvary is a vast necropolis of New York City. It is a vast, vast cemetery that occupies...
2: Oh, the one in Queens? Yeah, hundreds yeah. Hundreds of
1: square miles. Off, off hmm. When
2: you're driving to Manhattan, you see it, and it's, like, right. it's the biggest fucking cemetery in the world. When you're going in from the airport the world, to Manhattan, I never knew and what it's was
1: hills called. of ancient, soot-covered tombstones, statuary, mausoleums, uh, totally gothic, very, very dense visually. Um, and it's basically, it's, it's Gotham City's It's one of Gotham City's biggest cemeteries. A lot of people don't know that there is actually, um, that Manhattan is actually referred to as Gotham. Do we know anything more about that? Do you know Why? anything more I about mean, that? Is it Manhattan? I thought it was... Uh, no, it's no, there's Manha- a it's Manhattan. Lower Manhattan that actually talks about it's Gotham. It's Manhattan.
2: I have a book called Gotham, which is the history of Manhattan from like 18-something to... I mean, it's definitely... Yeah, Manhattan right. has been known as Gotham City. It's a nickname. I don't remember... Is it, is,
1: was it known as Gotham or Gotham City? The or is Gotham of City it? the...
2: I think just both, yeah. I think it was called Gotham or Gotham City, isn't? Is the nickname? I can't specifically remember why though right now. I don't, I'll look it up actually.
1: Huh? I'm sure while, it has something to do with the Indians, um, or Native Americans.
2: Wouldn't that be great if it was the Indians? <laughs> like <laughs> for some for some reason, had something Indian to do with
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Let Oh, my phone is ringing. It is ringing. I'm. I know Thank it's God. not Marlon Wayans, so I will not be getting up to check the caller yeah, ID.
2: Unless Marlon... Oh, if Marlon calls, we have a policy. We always have to stop the show for a wins. Except yeah. not Kim.
1: <laughs> fuck Kim. Fuck um, but Calvary is incredible. I, um, the thing I found myself talking about when we were walking through there was... There's that... Um, for me, the most memorable shot at the end of Gangs of New York, which mm. both or one of you has seen. I've seen it. Have we all seen Gangs of New York? Um, is I can't even remember the shot that precedes it. Maybe one of you guys will have a better it's memory been but well. Somebody's body is basically thrown into a probably a mass grave, and maybe it's the Daniel Day Lewis character, butcher, the butcher, Bill, the butcher's butcher. name, butcher's name. Um, something. and then, uh, Scorsese does this sort of It's not time lapse. It's meant to feel like time lapse, but obviously it's all CG. Where you see that cemetery, it's like a
2: single lone grave looking over the water from the Jersey, from the the Hudson, looking
3: over at Manhattan. Totally, I think it might be Leo's grave. Even you think?
2: I'm not. I'm not sure, but I I forget if who the movie ends on. It's whoever the movie ends on. That's the last shot of the film. Is that weird time lapsey?
1: You see the island of Manhattan basically grow up over the next ensuing hundreds of years, and in the foreground is the sort of grave site, and you see grass, you know, high grass grow and then falls away, and then the terrain changes and all that kind of stuff. And Calvary is one of those cemeteries for... It's actually not... I was sort of riding around in the backseat of a car. Um, I was on Google and checked, and it's not one of the three oldest cemeteries in new york no potter's field i think to. one is potter's field is, is one is trinity in manhattan Trinity church in
2: downtown which is yeah. like
1: where you can find there's a grade the for like Settlers. 1700
2: and stuff yeah yeah that's right by wall street
1: that's right um but it was interesting i mean it it was unbelievably dense unbelievably old statuary and monuments like nobody really does anymore is that something you and dig was cool. so, was
2: there, did you guys go there you know to not, check it out
1: Uh, We went there, actually, to visit Bill's parents, who are both um, in the ground there, I guess is the expression. They're not interred, but maybe they are interred. Yeah, I think it's the same expression. If you're buried, you're interred? Yeah, sure. If you're
3: buried in dirt, you're interred? I believe so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do they... Is it like manicured, or are they? Is are there parts of it that are actually kind of overgrown and decaying? No, it's, well, it's pretty
2: industrial almost.
3: It's just it's surrounded on all sides. It's just by a
2: lot
1: now. Yeah, the borough of Queens and the
2: bridges, and and I think the the lie even expressways yeah, yeah. everywhere.
1: Yeah, I took a few photographs of literally mm-hmm. like monuments, and then behind you could literally see like an expressway climbing up. And all these eighteen wheelers sort of going over it and stuff.
2: Well, that's like growing up in Long Island when you would drive into the city and get stuck in rush hour traffic, and you'd look over and see the fucking biggest cemetery on the planet. It that's became it. the most depressing moment of your life. It's pretty depressing. Yeah. <laughs> You're Lord. sitting in traffic and looking at the millions of people who've done literally, it like, you, you. can't, yeah.
1: you can't sort of, you can't undersell how vast. And it, as it yeah. turns out, Bill's parents are in Calvary Number One, which is the oldest. There is now Calvary Number Two. And it's on
2: both sides of the expressway. Yes. It's I mean, if you haven't seen it, Google it. It's 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 incredible. I, I'm sure there are bigger in the world, but but oh, for sure. visually the way this is laid out, it's the most overwhelming. It's just very gothic. Yeah, it's just a lot of it too, man. It's a yeah. fucking city of, of cemetery. It's so dense. It's literally yeah.
1: like if you if you were on that expressway or whatever it is, and it's you were you had it on both sides of you and you looked and you were Nearsighted without any corrective lenses, you would think you could think conceivably that you are kind of in a way looking at a city.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely—it's it, it's city-like because, and then there's all the gravestones and they're all that cement color. So, f- yeah. and from that, I think it's a bridge. I can't remember what I haven't been there in a while. Uh, yeah, but uh, it definitely does look skyliney a little bit, but just yeah. the biggest fucking sky, miniature Hobbit city of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: what's the um, what's the equivalent? Pop quiz hotshot. What's the Calvary? What's the equivalent of Calvary in the Batman universe?
2: Oh, fuck. Um, There is. I can't remember right now.
1: A vast cemetery?
2: There's a cemetery in Gotham where where, uh, Marcus Wayne's parents are. Yeah, where they're buried. I just can't remember the name right now.
1: Right, okay. Someone will turn that up. We'll work on
2: it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After this goes out. Or the Twilight Moms. (laughs) (laughs) They've been dying to get that out for years. Less likely, maybe. Totally.
1: Do you have information for I us? do
2: about the Gotham thing. Uh, it was first called Gotham by Washington Irving in 1807. You're kidding. No. And really? It was, uh,
1: of the legend of Sleepy Hollow fame for totally, those who don't and, know.
2: And he took the name from the village of Gotham, Notting, Not, Nottinghamshire. Let's do that again. Over so in England? British, so it's a British uh, city called Gotham. He just stole the name. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. And I
1: think, now that you say that, if you see that sort of memorial placard or whatever you want to call it in lower manhattan it is probably right next to um there's a landmark connected to washington irving like down in the east village and it's either where he lived and wrote or maybe where he was born or it's a bar uh it is not a bar it's not a bar okay no it's like a resident it's right next to a residential building right on anyway Whatever. Interesting. Again, for you Sleepy Hollow <laughs> slash Batman fans.
2: Which which is a giant demographic. I mean, as far as crossover. Who doesn't love the coming.
1: legend of Sleepy Hollow. And
2: Batman simultaneously.
1: True. Mm-hmm. And has there ever been a Headless Horseman Batman crossover?
2: Um, Yeah. Scare, uh, there's that character. Scarecrow. Scarecrow is pretty damn close. And then there's a uh, Jack-O-Lantern that's right. character, which has appeared every now and again, which I think literally is a Headless Horseman. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. They get to it. Give them enough time, they'll get to every fucking bad guy in the world. Yeah, I know, right? We got Stilt Man in, like, the 60s. We're still going strong 40 years later. You got what man? Stilt. What? Spider-Man bad guy. Stilt Man. He's, he's Stilt? Stilt. I have a list. Oh, stilt. Yeah, he's a man on stilts. Wow. That thats that was the height of comic book uh, villain villaindom in the 60s, man. Impressive. Bat-Rock Impressive. the Leaper, who's a French man with a mustache who jumps really high. Really? Yeah, he's one of my faves.
1: Mm.
3: Who are your now, favorite why have obscure I spent so Batman? So much time Bang on Battlestar Galactica
1: yeah, yeah. and so little on Batman. <laughs> mm.
3: oh, you gotta uh, go back. Is man.
1: it Stiltman? Is that the reason Stiltman versus Commander, Ab- uh, Commander mm. Adama? I'm not sure. <laughs> Who can say? Matt, you were throwing it over to to uh, Mike Willer.
2: You oh, got boy. any? You got any obscure uh, Batman villains you're a fan of? No. What were do you, you do, man? Who are you? Are we just we just met a minute ago. I'm not. We, I'm not we sure. Did What's your deal, bro? How, my, how more hippie can I say that? My,
3: <laughs> what are you all about, man? My deal is that I know everything, and so therefore I feel no need to contribute.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh. <laughs> Perfect podcast
3: guest.
1: Mike Willer just moved out here from Virginia. I did, okay. in fact. Where he lived in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. which was designed by Thomas Jefferson. Yes, indeed. He is roommates with Joey Benny. And That's Mr. how you pronounce that last name, which yes, is oddly spelled. Yes, B E N Y B E N I for interested twihards. Mm-hmm. He's a hottie. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can Google image Joey Benny It'll come and up produce again, a surely. produce a photograph or two. Your roommates with Joey and Eric Odom, Mr. Odom. Uh, who is Peter the Nomad in uh, the Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part Two? Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of you from Virginia. Odom is from Norfolk. Yes, which we pronounce Norfolk. Norfolk, Um, and Joey is from I think Virginia Beach, Mm
3: -hmm. right? Yes, indeed. They're both from the coast. I'm from Central Virginia, in the forests and trees and mountains. I'm I'm hearing a um,
1: strains of a tune from Disney's animated Pocahontas coming. Oh Lord! With those blowing tree or the uh, blowing leaves in the wind. (laughs)
3: Good Lord!
1: Um, Three lads from Virginia. All mm-hmm. in their twenties. You're the youngest of the three. I am the
3: youngest of the three by a couple of years, actually. All yeah.
1: hold up in an apartment, a nice apartment mm-hmm. down in Hollywood, a mere uh few blocks yeah, few from blocks the here. newly opened Chick Fil A.
3: Which I of all the places that you need to too.
1: know about in Hollywood? Well, it's a little piece. That's like after you arrived, that was the next major piece of uh, that was Virginia that showed up was Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. No, they they weren't. Uh, they weren't they weren't founded in virginia but that's where i f- had my first Chick-fil-A. i can't tell you how many times i tried to go
3: there on sunday and been like ah, damn it i do the Order, same yeah. thing
2: with bagel places on saturday
3: and they're closed <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. if and it's real. Like, jewish. Jewish. yeah
2: i think really? or, i think the i'm such a bad jew yeah and also any like um orthodox jewish business is closed on saturday oh yeah uh
1: famously there's that place what goes on on friday
2: nights Sh- shabbat dinner i think and yeah. Sat- it, it Friday, it goes Friday sunset to sunset. So I think it's Friday night to Saturday night is like the holy thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they I, and I eat dinner and like like candles and say prayers. I'm really, really not practicing, yeah, um, so I'm, I'm going to offend people.
1: A friend of mine in London has a friend who I'm actually also friends with, uh Dave Masters, who is Jewish and therefore is he doesn't never, go out, on never, never out clubbing on Friday yeah, nights. Yeah, he's
2: orthodox, which means like they don't handle money, they don't turn on electricity. Like, he's tricity. not orthodox,
1: though. You mean he just worships in an orthodox fashion? Yeah. I mean, he's certainly he's, not.
3: He's not, a, he's not a
2: Hasidic, but he's, he's not. Um, an armchair, Jew. Like a normal-looking, yeah, yeah. You don't have to be like the whole furry hat thing to be orthodox. Right, exactly.
3: Uh, yamaka
1: Mike Willer, you're no, half it, Jewish. Oh, you
2: just got here. You haven't seen the furry hats yet, dude? They were like... I, Stove
3: top hat.
2: Like, yeah, I've seen them. Are in they furry? Fur. Yeah. I didn't
3: realize they were furry. That's interesting. Yeah, they're covered covered like in badger Dr. fur. Dr.
2: Gervago hats. I was, was
3: raised part Jewish.
2: Right on. Did you have a furry hat?
3: I did not. Have, I've worn a yarmulke, though. <laughs> I've done that. Have you? Yes. I went to my cousin's bar mitzvah a few years ago. Is that ago.
1: the... That's the little hat, It's right? tiny, yeah. it's round. I actually
3: wore a yarmulke. covers the balls. Um, Everyone's
2: worn a yarmulke.
1: In Hollywood, funeral. come
2: on. Yeah. They make you when you move here.
1: What's the difference between a black yarmulke and a white yarmulke? Hmm. Is this
2: a racist joke? No. Oh, what?
1: (laughs) Well, again, when I went to this (laughs) Jewish funeral a few months back at um, Sammy
2: Davis Jr. I didn't know where to
1: go. We walked into the chapel or whatever. Temple? Temple. Well, it's, no, it was a very small, you know, again, it's at a cemetery. It's a very small sort of worship space where the actual funeral services were held, and um, just inside the front door, there was a small box containing black yarmulkes and white yarmulkes, and I sort of took a white one because I felt like, well, I haven't seen these before. and Color preference? And but no, it's like fashionable. I've seen a lot of guys wearing black ones, mm-hmm. and I just presume that those guys are all Jewish. And
2: you thought the white yarmulkes were for the non-Jews? I'm a failed Roman
1: Catholic, <laughs> so uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rock a black yarmulke. This is such a fascinating conversation.
2: Where I did, can't, did you How no does this relate you find to Star out, Wars? Did you find out the reason why yeah, there were black and white this. ones? No, I don't know. I, maybe it was a, a color. I honestly have no idea. As a Jew, yeah, I don't know. I've never heard that. You know, I haven't either. Speaking of colored yarmulkes, though, when I was like little, little, by the
1: way, you, let me just say. Let me just stop this right now. You guys are lousy Jews.
3: Oh, I'm a terrible. Yeah, oh, I would Be the first to admit. Other
2: that. than my last name, I'm the worst Jew. Other than my last name in my
3: face, I'm the worst Jew in the world. I don't even have a Jewish last name. I'm, I'm like, I, I wasn't even raised just Jewish. I was like, I did Christmas. <laughs> Right. I mean, I, I'm about as watered down of a Jew as you can possibly get. But, uh, You're speaking, speaking
2: of yarmulke fashion, when I, I went to, uh, nursery school at a temple, which was like kind of what you did on Long Island if you were Jewish. Right. right. Even though, even if you weren't practicing and you had to wear a yarmulke. So when I was like six, I had like a Ninja Turtle yarmulke, a Ghostbusters yarmulke. Like they were cool, geeky yarmulkes for little kids. That's cool. Not officially <laughs> like made by Roos. the companies. But like that weird glue stuff that they used to do in the 80s, like the colored glue that would dry on oh, yeah. denim. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. That sticky stuff. So oh, I have, I have badass yarmulkes. I still Did have Did your them. mom keep all those? I have them. You yeah. kept all of them. I kept them. Fuck that. My mom threw out my Bad childhood. Bad you, good nerd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. You
1: have your Ninja Turtles <laughs> yarmulke. <yamaka. laughs> and I wear them. When was last the last time you saw the, the inside of a temple,
2: son? Oh, my apartment. Wow. My, uh, my bro, i'm trying to even think if i went to the services of my little brother's bar mitzvah or if i just went to the party i doubt i went to the temple Yeah, yeah i'm not a real jew
3: you <laughs> had a bar mitzvah though i did yeah which was weird willer i have not you have not had a bar mitzvah most was the last time you were in a temple i don't think i've ever been in a temple actually I mean, i'm telling you lot. i'm terrible are you really horrifyingly you're a you're like a you're an atheist. I call myself like a, a Jew, Jew by proxy. proxy. I
2: call myself a cosmetic Jew. Right. Like, I look right. like a Jew. I sound like a Jew. It, it, it right. smells like a Jew, but it ain't a fucking Jew. Like, I'm a hardcore <laughs> atheist. You know what I mean? Like, are you really? Yeah, yeah,
3: totally. Well, now I have to, to ask, what does a Jew smell like?
2: Oh, you don't even want to go there. No, I'm
3: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Why are you
1: stopping, Matt Cohen? Oh, oh was water to? break? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, a, no, 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 no.
2: It was a water break.
1: No. Um,
2: no, but yeah, I'm a cosmetic Jew, so like, my, my, my parents do the thing. It's, I'm Jewish like Seinfeld is Jewish. Like, right. I'm a New York Jew. So Seinfeld I will, is
1: pretty Jewish. I will
2: always be a Jew because I'm from that culture, and it's right. that kind of attitude, and the Yiddish, and the Woody Allen thing, and the guilt, right. and all that, but as far as the actual religion goes, I have no affiliation with it whatsoever, so I feel kind of douchey for even calling myself a Jew.
1: Well, how often do you call
3: yourself a Jew?
2: Like 30 times a day. I hmm. built my entire identity off of
1: it. Got you
3: beat by twenty. <laughs> What's that? I've got him beat by twenty, and I'm even worse than the. And he's is. just
2: walking around the street telling people, it's like, "Hey, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. Right hey, Jew. my name is
3: Mike. I'm a Jew. How you doing? You're <laughs> hey, Jews? I'm Mike. Looking for Chick Fil A on Sunday." Except for the Chick fil A, and then I throw away all my beliefs. <laughs> and I mean all of them. <laughs> exactly. There are other things they represent that I don't necessarily disagree with. Well agree that company's
2: with. like a homoph they're the big
3: homophobic company, oh, yeah. right? Well they they're, they're one they of support. them support. <laughs> yeah, they're one of them. What's up, Target? They're
1: a um they're a black chip. <laughs> company or whatever they, they really paint themselves into a corner with that it's them and yeah. in and
2: out like have a bad reputation for being well, like, right wing fundamental
1: in and out is in and out apparently has never given money to an anti-gay political cause such as the you know the effort to the successful effort to overturn prop eight here in california whereas uh,
2: see overturn meaning if I you voted know. yes you liked gay marriage
3: No, they really needed to fix that shit. Oh, no. It was the other way around. See,
2: no one still knows. That's why it didn't fucking work. It was the, they should have been like color red, color blue. Well, see, here's the
1: thing. If you're a bad Jew, I'm a, I'm a bad, you're a bad
2: bad gay because I
1: really have so
3: little to no interest in marriage. Prop eight was. For myself. And, um, what Prop eight was the, uh, it was supposed to be to specifically not allow gay Ban marriage. Gay marriage. So if you voted so if you yes on yeah. it,
2: you were against
3: gay marriage. Exactly. See,
2: that's why it, fu- it fucked yeah. a lot of people up. To the, like a year later, still don't know what we were and supposed to vote for. People actually talked
3: about that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was silly. I,
3: don't I don't know. Counterproductive. But how does it relate to Star Wars? I don't know. I think we need to get to Star Wars. Let's mm.
2: do it. nub. Yeah. Who's fighting his entire life to marry uh, Who's gay
3: in Star Wars?
2: Yeah, no, but I just said it. No. You who's gay so? in Star Wars? Yeah.
3: Oh, whoa. This should be interesting. Do I
2: do you think there are any like
3: Chewie? Let me just tell you right now are, what we're not
2: going to get into is who's gay, gay in
1: Firefly. Oh, no. Cuz a lot of those actors Who's gay in
2: Firefly? Oh, you mean actors?
1: Yeah, we're not Oh, we're going talking there. actors. So, we're there's only like there.
2: six actors in Firefly.
1: I know, but let's just say
2: Is hmm. it book? It's definitely not book either. So you now it's only five actors in Firefly. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's not go there. I think actually um,
2: the
1: uh i the Robert Tam's brother who played the Simon? doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon just came out. Right on. Let's, so we can talk about gay Game Star
2: Game. Wars. I will I will um you go first. Do you think anyone's gay from Star Wars?
1: Well <laughs> Or do you know? <laughs>
2: we're both we're I like both it. This not. Is pr- this wanting is actually the first time.
1: It. No, it's the first time Nine episodes in, where I've actually like, it's like, I'm, I'm. this is the sound of me censoring myself. Uh oh. Silence.
2: I did, I did, that's thing. why I turned it over to you. Yeah, how and can I don't we talk know, about this? How can we talk about I just have an this? opinion. <laughs> I don't, don't even have an empirical this? fact. There
1: is, there is, okay, I'm going to. Oh, that's legal. That's, him that's calling legal right calling now. right yeah. now. Hey, that's, uh, hey, hey, hey. Let me see. Let me look at the caller ID. It's Skywalker, Skywalker Ranch. Ranch. Yeah, we're
2: fucked. <laughs> <laughs> <We're Fox. laughs> it's the Gungan Viceroy or whatever.
1: God, it's mine. <laughs> Don't wife, talk then. about that. Um. Okay. <laughs> let Let me. This is how I would say this. If you're a gay dude. Probably not, you know, if you're a lesbian, this will be of much, much less interest to you as most things having to do with gay male culture are. Um, But if you're a gay dude, um, it's possible hypothetically to Mm -hmm. find added layers of enjoyment and resonance um, while watching the prequel trilogy. If you imagined... Hypothetically, that
2: just come out pri- and say two it. Two of the primary siboba guys. It was Sebola. <laughs> <laughs> that pod racer ran. Two on of rainbows. the primary actors
1: in the oh, prequel boy. trilogy are, if not known homosexuals as the o- as the old term went.
2: Uh, My grandpa used to
1: say, "Don't <laughs> they're thought strongly to have leanings and." one of them's on the younger side, one of them's on the older side and <clears throat> it sure it sure does make that prequel trilogy more How's in, that
3: movie, Kinsey? It's enjoyable. like watching
2: it's like watching Top Gun years later realizing it's the it's the sub- yeah. most subversively gay film ever made. The volleyball yeah, I don't scene find and that,
1: shit. I don't find that Star Wars is I don't f- find necessarily that's that Star Wars is subversive because I'm I don't Know that George Lucas it wasn't was necessarily aware of it. No, no,
2: no. no. And I don't, think so. I
1: don't, I can't, cannot say, uh, even remotely to know, I, I cannot claim even remotely to know with, whether, uh, each actor was aware of the other.
2: Otherwise, there could have been a love connection on the Star Wars set.
1: Well, it's unlikely that there would be a love connection, but, um, you know, certainly. In, in an old Hollywood way, it could be, there could be more well, isn't fun it to have playing around or building subtext into scenes between these two characters, given the incredibly important relationship between these two characters.
2: It's Natalie Portman
1: and it's not Natalie Portman. the girl from
2: Whale Jew, Rider.
1: She is a good Jew. The girl from Whale Rider who played who
2: again? She played Natalie Portman's like.
1: Handmaiden. Handmaiden
2: in episode Pad, one.
1: Padme. Uh, are you talking about um? Kira Hand- Castle Knightley. Pad that, Handmaiden. Yeah, Kira Knightley was. Kira Knightley was in it too, but so was the her.
2: girl from Whale Rider.
1: Keisha. Keisha Castle-Hughes or something. Lub, Lub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Lucas loved that fucking movie.
1: Can I just totally like um, apropos of nothing here, on the flight to New York, Virgin America for the win. Yeah, for the first time I did it, it was fucking amazing. Really nice. Um, I watched Soul Surfer, and
2: <laughs> how long did it take you to pick that movie out of the choices? How many go rounds did, did you do? Not take long because oh, really? you I know an actor in that movie, okay. Jeremy Sumter. Because I I did oh, horrible no. bosses, but it Peter took me Penn. like 25 minutes to get to horrible bosses, where I was just like, fine. If this is horrible, the world does horrible
1: fought. bosses have a scene where a tiger shark surprisingly, yeah, a tiger shark head comes up above the the surface of the water? And bites off the arm of that little blonde uh, Anna surfer Sophia, girl,
2: whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: That that was the surprise for me. Is um, and we can do a whole podcast, and maybe we one one day we'll Did do. Did you a whole not know that was time. coming? No, I knew it was oh, coming, okay. but it was always like, there's there's a certain um, as a Jaws kid, there's a certain value to be had in my universe for giving good shark attack in a movie, and. uh Soul surfer much to my surprise gave pretty good shark attack. The best of them so far being the beach.
2: Giving good shark the the um the beat, the Danny, Danny Boyle, Boyle flick, movie. Danny yeah. Boyle and DiCaprio.
1: That that has a is really Is there a shark attack? I got to go back yeah, and watch it. This uh DiCaprio kills I think a baby great white shark that is that swims at him in the lagoon um of the beach. Uh, which is a spectacular location. And um, then, in sort of a rhyme of the ancient mariner kind of way, like two or three days later.
2: You start seeing the same the, baby shark?
1: You no, know, in the middle of a rainstorm, which is interesting. Um, the great white shark's mother or father comes seeking revenge on one of two, one or both. Um, blonde, like surfer, maybe like Dutch guys who are also hanging out on, on, on the island. And, um, that is the closest I can tell you because I've watched tons of great white shark porn, as it were. Um, if you look at the results of that shark attack, it's, it's pretty close to what you would actually see in reality if someone, you know, was just pulled up on the beach having had, you know, a, a substantial, uh, Bite radius worth of flesh removed from his thigh. And it's other pretty f- fucking and, grim.
2: And other festive holiday topics on Team I'm Jack. I'm all about the Great White Shark. A team action. Jack for the win. Shark Week, you're shit, dude. Or are you over it by this point? I
1: don't. I never do Shark Week. I couldn't care less. Really? I, it's just, it's too much for me. I can't keep up with it. too much, much awesome.
2: Week. Like you'd be it's overwhelmed. Shark, what week
1: isn't Shark Week on Discovery Channel?
2: Not. I mean, yeah. Now because it's
1: it's such a ratings. Aren't they doing a winner. live
3: thing now? Or they did. <laughs> They did really? like a live, like we're gonna tempt the sharks and see what happens. No, oh, for fuck's and sake! What happened? I don't know. I didn't. I saw oh, the preview fuck, for it. It was yeah. like this is what's gonna. We're They're going not gonna to go tempt a great
1: white shark because you can't get near them in California waters. Maybe you could do it down in Mexico or South Africa. You can. Have you, know,
2: you have you gone out like shark uh, drop a caging child and the stuff? Water. Yes, I have. Really? So you really into sharks? Yeah. And not out of like a weird morbid fascination. Have you seen not, the team Jack? Loco? I'm not in
3: sharks. I said into into. Um. Uh.
2: So what's it like? You do with great whites? he went doing it.
3: Um. Have yes. you seen a great white shark?
2: Dude, he's, I have he seen went a in a cage shark, with them. I'm so,
1: but like, not in but
3: not in
2: the
1: water. On. I've seen it in in an aquarium. I saw one at the. Uh, Monterey Bay Aquarium when they had it, a juvenile when they had it in captivity before they released it into the wild. They've had a few of them now within
3: the last decade. Did you jump into the aquarium? No, I did not. Why? Because it's an aquarium, Mike Willer. I know. (laughs) Play along with me. Let's just take that
1: for a
2: second. First, you've got the security risks to think about. Then you've got the glass. How is he scaling into
3: it? Then he's going to get arrested, obviously. Where's suction cups? Haven't you seen Mission Impossible previews? Too much of it. Now,
2: Now it's too much of an ordeal just to see this shark, I feel like. You're making it, you're turning it into a whole espionage film. Yeah, no. Uh, what was caging or like? Or you could go cage diving. You really, okay, he so said cage he did, diving.
1: Okay, so cage diving, which, um, you cannot do anymore because they've enacted new protections at the Farallon Island Marine Sanctuary, which is maybe, I think, 20, 30 miles due west of the Golden Gate Bridge off mm-hmm. the coast of San Francisco. Um, and you cannot, you can't, you, uh, no longer may you get within two miles of the Farallon Islands.
2: Of that specific, but you could still go other places in the world. You could Australia. Yeah, you can go. You can Japan. go to South Africa.
1: Yeah, yeah. You could go to. I don't know that they do um, great white shark expeditions at the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. They they might
2: because it's so protected. You can do it in uh,
1: Guadalajara, Mexico, which is a series of islands that literally takes. You. I know Robert Rodriguez has done that. And that's a that's a a grind of a trip because you literally sort of have to, you know, you get on the boat, the expedition boat, and you leave the dock, and it it takes you so long to even to get, get to those where islands are, that yeah. literally you have to sleep overnight on that boat, and sort of when you wake up in the morning, uh, you'll be there. And the Farallons you can get to in like two hours, uh, and we did. Um, when you back when you could, which is maybe five or six years ago. And, you know, it's just like the man says in Jaws, you know, cage goes in the water, you go in the cage, sharks in the water. Um, the best thing about the Farallon Islands, and the best book that you can read on it, which is not at all dry, is just a complete page-turner if you're into great white sharks. The very, very, very best book that you can get is called The Devil's Teeth, that I think now is out of print. It's maybe 10 years old. I cannot recommend this book enough for anybody who has any any level of interest in great white sharks. The great thing about the Farallons versus um, the white sharks of South Africa or Guadalajara in Mexico is that uh, they're, well, as um, special effects guru, Walking Dead special effects guru Greg Nicotero put it to me, um, the bad news is, the white sharks of the Farallons, which only gather at the Farallons for 60 to 90 days in the fall, like right around now, they are out at the Farallons, and then they disperse for a year before gathering again next fall. Um, the worst thing about them is they're super, super, super intelligent. And they are on, you know, even back when we went out, they are on to the, uh, they are well on to, the piece of plywood covered in brown shag carpet cut in the form of a seal mm-hmm. chucked out from behind the boat, they're onto that shit. And they don't come up to the surface um, to investigate it. The best thing about them is they are the biggest in the world. And mm. they are the size, as Nicotero put it, I think, they are the size of a city bus. That's what? fucking crazy. They are the size yeah. of a city Holy bus. Holy hell. Yeah. So again, for me, it's like if if i'm going to be a a connoisseur of great white of great white shark expeditions, it's like sure I could go to Mexico or I could go to South Africa, and you could see you know you can see a fifteen footer or whatever but city I bus don't know. Man. you know when we went out to the Fairlands, we were hoping to see like a a twenty or twenty two footer
2: you wanted to see a bus shirt. I wanted to see a, <laughs> a
1: yeah great white the size of a city bus yeah. Mm. They're amazing. And it's the same ones. Uh, it's the same colony that returns year after year. They've all been tagged and named or many of, many, if not all, most, if not all have been tagged and named, nicknamed. Um, and, uh, they're fucking.
2: That sounds awesome. But now they're protected. You can't get near them. They're sea
1: monsters. And yeah, you can't, uh, it is illegal for any of those expedition boats now to drop anchor. Um, Anywhere closer than two miles to the, to the Farallon Islands themselves, and, um, which are just rocky outcroppings, really. They're desolate, um, fingers of stone that, uh, which is literally what Farallons mean. It means, I think, fingers, um, that come right, that jut right up out of the Pacific Ocean, um, with a huge, huge, huge pinniped population, which is seals, sea lions, elephant seals, um, they, They gather for 60 to 90 days in the fall. They, it's all you can fucking eat, yo, until they get fat and then they disperse. Um, but the best, one of the best parts of this book, uh, where this author, uh, of the devil's teeth, where this author, um, is out there with sort of a, a scientific team that's, that's, uh, has a permanent residence on like the North Island or whatever, is um, written from her perspective as she watches as a group of completely oblivious Japanese scuba divers um, pull into a cove, which is referred to as um, sister territory, and the largest of all of the The largest of all the white sharks in the white shark population at the Farallons are referred to as the sisters. And they all hunt one specific side of one specific island, Hmm. which is referred to as sisterhood territory. And while they were literally, I think this author and the scientific team were observing a feeding event in the water, suddenly out of nowhere appears this excursion boat full of Japanese tourists with scuba diving equipment who pull in to the cove drop anchor and one at a time go off the back of the boat oh into God. the water Holy and shit. literally at this point the scientific team are using every method at their disposal to uh, to tell these people to get the fuck out of the water right um and they're they're like they're gunning the outport or whatever because they've just got this small little research vessel. They're gunning the outboard, like, headed at top speed, a a pathetic top speed across, I'm sure, like, considerable chop to try and get to this excursion boat. And as they're, like, hurrying before the worst possible thing (laughs) could fucking happen, literally, they watch. I should actually go dig this book out and read this passage if I could find it. It's so well written. They watch as... (laughs) One after the other, all these Japanese scuba divers come scrambling out of the water so
3: fucking
1: fast. (laughs) And when the last one is literally pulled screaming out of the water, as the author says, like, you can't even imagine what they saw down there. Literally, the boat... Their excursion boat fucking (laughs) guns it out of there, never (laughs) to be seen again. But literally, they go down there in the water, and I think there's something like eight, maybe eight to ten sisters, and the sisters are all 20 to 25 feet long. Good Lord. And they're all just fucking down there chilling, waiting in the shallows, waiting for one of those pinnipeds to make a swim for deeper water where they eat, and that's that's the kill zone in the... Uh, red triangle, which is the Farallon Islands, I think, are the western, westernmost point of the red triangle. And I can't tell you what the northern or southern points are specifically, but there are two points on land on the California coast that make up, together with the Farallons, the three points of the red triangle, which is the, I think, so named for having the most st- statistically the, um, the most great white shark attacks in the world. The red triangle.
2: Surfer's paradise. I don't go in the ocean, yo. Know? Yeah. I'm <laughs> I've not that. In, I haven't, I haven't gone in the ocean or eaten anything that lived in the ocean in like fucking 15 years. I don't <laughs> fuck with it. Uh, I don't bother it. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. That's my feeling on it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm all about the gray white sharks. All about it. I feel bad because we've got Mike Willer up here sitting just listening mm-hmm. to these fucking stories. Yeah, but he loves it. Did you look at your Twitter shark. follower account what I do. during the middle of that gassy story? No, I've been listening. And that was like, prime time for you to check your, your follower account. I know. On I could Twitter have been doing any number. So that we of can record the pre air
3: number. All right. Let's do this proper now. Um.
1: So Willer's moved out here. How long have you been living in Los Angeles, Willer?
3: I've been here for just over five months. I moved here, got here July second. Right. And Everybody knows the date they, they arrived in Los Angeles is yes, something.
1: You have no clue? Whoa! I can
2: hardly remember what year it was. I also smoke a lot of pot too. But well, there's <laughs> that. that. Th- that'll do it. <laughs> I, I have no idea what date it was. Yeah, I think it was February maybe.
3: I, really? Yeah. You don't even know what month. No, it wasn't oh, that big Lord. a deal,
2: man. And yeah, it was, I, I mean, I dug it, but I was moving from Manhattan I guess maybe, here, what did yeah. you,
3: it depends on what you move out here for.
2: Yeah, just to smoke pot, basically, like I said. Okay, oh, That's, That's just, why you moved out here? That was the goal. Yeah, that was yeah. the end goal. <laughs>
3: I'm gonna get some great weed out here. Um, I moved. well, I moved out to be a director, so that, a I mean, director to me, of, a movies. director of film, yes. Right. Features, ideally. Right. Eventually. Hopefully. So, to me, moving out to Los Angeles was like, I mean, it's the biggest step I've taken in my life probably so far. Maybe not the biggest, but the most resonatingly positive step right. in my life. Um My Twitter's not loading, so whatever. We'll find that out later.
1: I'm opening, the sound of wrinkling plastic is me opening a vitamin pack because <laughs> How, <laughs> after all this travel, I am now back on the
2: how's it exercise. Be, how's but, it been so far, dude? Has it been everything you thought it would be? Like, what's your first five months in LA like?
3: I, I can't even... Pros, cons. <laughs> cons. I can't even, I don't even think of any cons. It's been amazing. It's been the most incredible experience. Just mm. living, just being out here has been the most positive thing I could have done in my life. And especially going from maybe a particularly dark period to being out here where everyone is just so relaxed and just, like, chill. We're
2: going to do this podcast in six months, and you're going to be like, I fucking hate this town. I know. I'll do, like,
3: the Redux and be like, Evil machine, they just spit you up and fucking... All that shit I just said. And, no, I mean, to be fair, like, I there's no... It's not, like, perfect. It's not like, you know, there are still jerks out here. You still have to deal with politics, but... It, to me, the, just the creative environment and being around all these other actors and writers and producers or whatever and meeting these people has been amazing. And again, to be fair, I've been incredibly fortunate in sort of the way this has all happened, but. You're the anti Yolan. I am the anti-Yolan. Yeah, I've Yolins done had a good time of it.
2: Yeah, but didn't Yolan? Didn't we get into that whole thing about how Yolan hates L.A. the actual city he of dis- L.A. Remember? dislikes
3: L.A. No and whatever, doesn't Yolen. feel like it's a proper city.
2: That's his whole fucking thing. Yeah, you, you listen. To I listened to it.
3: I I'm, I did my research, sort <laughs> he was of. A
2: student of Team Jack,
3: and I have to. Well, we're on the topic of Yolan. I have to apologize because I am not. I am no Greg Yolan, and I am no replacement. So he, if he were here, I'm sure this would be would have been a much more interesting show. Maybe I'm not supposed to say that.
2: But. We know for next time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know,
3: <laughs> this will be my last appearance. My first and last. Why wouldn't you say? I wouldn't.
2: No, again, no. we're gonna we're gonna check back in six months to see how fucking. We'll, imb- we'll do the follow up and see. Actually, that'll be, a, you've become.
3: that'll be a good time to do it too because I'm about to break out my sort of first official project and uh, doing like a twenty page short, which we're hopefully gonna be shooting in February, and six months from now we'll be almost so we'll exactly yeah. when it's gonna be finished and sort of making its circuit. You can, You've you can, already
1: had actors quit on you.
3: Yeah, I've had, I was trying to shoot a little four page short just for my own reel and had a guy sign up, do it, came to rehearsals, did the whole thing. And then we were trying sure. to get it shot and he just didn't show. I call him up and he's like, What's going on? And I was like, Yeah, we uh, agreed to show up today. Did you feel like maybe, you know, doing this movie? And that, that actor's to,
2: name was?
3: His actor's in uh Patrick Dempsey. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call here. <laughs>
2: yeah, only we only
1: want
3: Marlon Wayans. Wayans. We no only want Wayans,
2: No Cam. No Patrick Dempsey. Jack, you've been out here for oh, a minute, to say the least, right? Yeah, I arrived on March fifth, nineteen ninety four. You know the day too? Well, I do. I should figure out what day I fucking moved here. I feel out of the club now. What would you say the average time span is for people out here? I like two years. In terms, you of know, people- I have
1: to say it's interesting. After um, waiting tables for a bunch of years for Houston's restaurants, where God knows, I think there were like. At at any one time, at uh, at one of those stores, I worked waited tables at both the Manhattan Beach and um, Century City locations. Now now shuttered, the latter. Um, there were probably like sixty servers on staff at any given time. When I when I was working there, I was way more aware of turnover. And now I have to say, uh, you know, I think as you get older, you sort of know less people, or um you meet fewer new
2: people. Care less about people's well, lives. Well, certainly
1: care less about, yeah. But um, m- m- I can't say that I know a lot of people who have really moved away. Although I will observe again that, um. I'm 44. Again, I've been out here. I think I'm in my 16th or 17th year out here. And, um, Bill, Bill has had way more friends, uh, move out of town within the last 10 years or so than I have. And he's had quite a few friends move out of town. And interestingly, um, almost all of them to New York or the so-called tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Um, I really haven't experienced much of much of that, which is i I find I it, maybe interesting. it maybe in
2: circles too because I know at least in comedy and, and film, um, a lot of my friends from New York, I'd say like 80% of the people I know who have moved out here have only made it about two years and moved back 80%? Home. Yeah, about a, some 80% um, return rate, I think. And I think that might be return true. Return to sender? Yeah, I think that might be a little <laughs> bit true, or maybe with younger Return people. Return to where you came from. <laughs> and maybe over Hollywood in general. I really think I know a, ton, a shitload of people who drop everything, move out here, try to win an Oscar in a year and a half. It doesn't happen, mm-hmm. so they move back home. Everyone moves out here thinking they're going to They marry be, their
1: high school sweetheart.
2: They think they're going to be Scorsese. They move a, into they the think,
1: apartment above the family store.
2: Totally, and it's easy. They go back to normal life, where, and they were that dude who lived in Hollywood for a year, and they have stories forever. I have tons of friends like that. I think you've got to push... Like you're in that still golden honeymoon fucking period right now that everyone kind of hits. I will think. or won.
3: I know exactly won't what you're talking home. about. You know I what I know mean? Exactly dude? Yeah. what you're talking about. I uh, well,
2: when reality kicks in, I don't want to
3: jinx myself here. No,
2: no, but. it's no, no, it's not about jinxing yourself. It's just about knowing you've got to push through and put time into it. You, it's not a, it's not a quick term investment thing.
3: Got to have the will to make it your first priority, not totally. the person that you married in high school. Yeah. Did you
2: marry someone in high school and leave her to come out here?
3: No, I did not.
2: All right, because that would have been a story. I was like, why didn't you bring that up an hour ago?
3: No, no, no.
1: I just think that's... <laughs> I can't remember who it was who said that to me, that, oh, that's what they do is they... You know what? I It was... um.
2: My buddy did just I think it was that, Harrison literally. Ford,
1: who did not say it to me personally, but I think what I'm uh, remembering is a quote from Harrison Ford where he talked about outlasting everybody else who came out on the bus with him and then obviously sort of, you know, it's it's... It's a metaphor, but it's outlasting everybody who came Would out of the bus. Would that be great if he
2: kept tabs and everyone on the bus with him? He's like, "All right, before <laughs> we get off, I want phone numbers and addresses so I can check in in a few exactly. years." Exactly.
1: And he did say, you know, and most of them end up moving back, marrying their high school sweetheart, and moving into the apartment above the family-owned store and working the family business. And again, that's sort of a that's a small town America ideal, if anything, but. um and Ford found success relatively late in life. I think he was in his mid 30s when Star it started popping yeah. for him as an actor, with like American Graffiti, graffiti or. First, um, but to me, there's nothing wrong with that, and there's no, um, there's no downside to that. There's yeah. no judgment of that because guess what? You know, people who who's, who live in the apartment above the family store. Or no, they have a better life than
2: I fucking do. Well, they yeah. have a
1: quality of life... <laughs> that's what I
2: mean. There's ...that
1: be, s- could easily smoke yours. They
2: escape the madness, you know what I mean? We they go back to
1: four seasons, we sacri- easily observed seasons.
2: We sacrifice normalcy for this kind of dream of, of Hollywood and this entertainment industry, but yeah. the people who escape kind of get to be normal people and, yeah, get married and fucking have kids and... And have, stay close to family. And, yeah, which I which is one thing I totally miss. To if, if not
3: close in other ways.
2: That's a total downside to living in LA for me. Like, totally. Yeah,
3: yeah, totally. It's not necessarily every. I like. I'm sure you know, but it, it's not everybody's ideal either to be close to family and to have that. Kind no, of absolutely
1: life. not. Um, but and that's it's just different value systems. Yeah. You know, but I think the the lazy way of looking at it would be that would be to say, and I certainly, and by the way, I've made I've made these jokes a thousand times, but it's like good, get out of here, because hmm. then, literally, your car will not be in front yeah. of my car on the, on the road. When
2: I want to fucking kill you. Yeah, so <laughs> in, in just
1: a simple numbers uh, game, the fewer the better uh, is is best for me in L.A. And by the way, while we're on the subject, let's just say we're in the month of December here in Los Angeles. We've entered mm-hmm. the month of December and Willer is about to experience uh, for the first time something that is very unique and specific that uh, Bill and I look forward to celebrating every year, which is the holidays in Los Angeles when literally everybody, everybody Be clearing out, leaves everyone for everyone. weeks. It's amazing. And the it's business so nice shuts down like a, around the fifteenth of the month.
2: It's like the beginning of 28 days later like you walk it down totally fucking Melrose is. and you're like where are all the people it's and the why do I dead. not miss them I am so
1: looking forward to it Um the streets empty out and literally you're just like oh come on I mean we are this town is not really that full of people who are employed at in industry jobs in or around the movie or TV businesses that when they all when when that when the so called industry capital i When the industry shuts down around the 15th and these people all presumably leave for, you know, skiing in Deer Valley or family wherever and, and the traffic trickles to nothing on all the major arteries, whether you're talking freeways or surface streets. Um, and then literally. Some of it resumes. It's, it'll stay that way. Till like mid January. Till mid January, which is kind of like Sundance.
2: And that's the one frustrating thing is I love the precursor to it. I love the two weeks of no traffic during the holidays. However, the two weeks of after the holidays where people still aren't returning phone calls and emails and not working. Yeah. You're like, motherfucker, we're not, this isn't Germany. We don't get three months off. Well,
1: in, in the industry, again, the so called industry, which is shorthand for the entertainment business out here. Um, these people will take no one goes any to, no one opportunity yeah. <laughs> for a vacation, any opportunity because they're all gone during they're all gone for a big, fat chunk of the summer yeah. as well. They're gone for a huge chunk around the holidays, oh, end Festival of summer, yeah. yeah, and you know, in the uh, coming on fifteen years now that I've been with Bill and watched him. Get his movies together and then hold them together to the point where they're, you know, lurching into production. It is all phone calls. And then, you know, gradually, obviously the introduction of email, but it's all phone calls, meetings, email. But most of the time, you know, most of, most of that specific director's time, Bill Condon's time is spent on the phone. Um, and very rarely going to meet in person maybe there's a lunch meeting a very 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 rarely is there a dinner meeting um now there are emails going back and forth and stuff like that but literally a director's life until you quote open offices unquote and commence pre-production on a movie or a pilot a tv series whatever um most of a director's time is spent on the phone and to to that end you can't believe, well, Matt Cohen can believe, and Mike Willer will soon find out. Soon. But you uh, folks out there in Radioland cannot believe how hard it is to get most people on the phone most of the time. And not because they truly they don't want to return Bill Condon's phone call, but because they're away. Do you- uh, They're on a yacht.
2: You'll see the most. The most infuriating thing will start in like a couple of weeks is when people start doing that outgoing email message, yeah, like know. "Hey, knock, whatever." You could have told me your ha- my house is on fire. I'm not gonna hear it for fucking three weeks. Have a happy holidays. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, all communication ceases right now.
1: People are deeply, deeply, deeply.
2: They take their lazy. personal time. People like, are deeply yeah. lazy in the entertainment industry, yeah, yeah, in a way.
1: <laughs> and obviously, we've also got certain. Left coast cliches, where you know, what time? What time does do the sort of business hours start in the morning? Ten o'clock. Ten thirty. 10, ten ten yeah, thirty. Right. They go, but they go until like nine a.m. But they go until like 9 eight a.m. Though some of them do. Yeah. A lot of them. A lot of those phones are not being answered, even no, by totally. assistants. Come, come seven o'clock. Come five sometimes, yeah. and they take a nice long lunch. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: You're right, though. It is amazing the number of people that that leave town. It's I always find it stagger human migration staggering.
1: Well, the fact that it's so noticeable.
2: Totally, and you always hear about like like rubber the concept of rubbernecking fucking staggers my mind.
1: Yeah, that's true. The too.
2: fact that like it's the reason you're in traffic is literally because people are looking at an accident. Like or,
1: people. The reason the reason you're sitting in traffic on the one hundred and one South headed for downtown is because people are looking. That's someone who's been pulled over. Totally. By CHP, California Highway Patrol, or LAPD. Really?
2: It's amazing. The stuff you hear. They've pulled someone over,
1: they're writing a ticket. And we all have to stop and look at that sheer moment
2: Standstill, of horror. that four-second look over fucks the entire the, freeway unbelievable. up.
3: Well, well, that was unbelievable. Have so you never seen shot?
1: anyone get a ticket before? You never know. That was, Guns like, could
3: be drawn.
2: It was too, growing up in Long Island, people like used to hear, like, oh, people go to the Hamptons for the weekend. But literally, the road to the Hamptons became like fucking Woodstock. Like, yeah. everyone.
1: was well, the Hamptons it, exploded and it, became what they are now. fucked
2: up, but, but it's true. Like, there are certain, uh, uh, I guess you can guess certain moves. Movement patterns of people. Like totally. you know, in the holidays, LA is going to clear out every. Well, and in the year. summer
1: in New York City, same thing. If every you weekend. can afford to, you beat you beat your beat your ass out of the city on Friday afternoon and head for quote upstate unquote, which is the shorthand for north of New York like City, an hour in New, north York York of New York State. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. An hour north of New York, which is obviously a massive, massive state and covers—you can go fifteen hours, hours north of New it's York. It's all considered yeah. upstate as long as you're an hour north yeah. of the city. Yeah. The city being, of course, that's another piece of shorthand, Manhattan.
0: Yeah, and, it's basically and sometimes the, the city. boroughs, people yeah. like
1: Queens, Brooklyn. Just the city. Yeah. You don't even if you live out there. No. you don't bother with Manhattan or anything like that. I don't that. think it's I said the word Manhattan the until I was twenty-three years old. When you coming back old? to the city? Yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. I'm sure it's like that if you live in the suburbs From of Chicago, upstate. though. Chicago. Do you think is they call the it the city? Probably. Yeah.
1: You know what Circling I mean? Circling back around to Gotham City.
3: a oh, uh, small town boy. Charlottesville.
2: What do you guys call the
3: city? In a lonely world.
1: What's
2: the big city in Charlottesville? Is that a big city?
3: No, Charlottesville's got No, if got 40, you were going to the people. city, where would you be going? Richmond? Oh, ri- yeah, Richmond. Uh, Norfolk? Not like so What much. was your no, idea no, of no, a no, city no. growing up? i I mean i've been i've visited new york city i've been to washington i've been to richmond so i knew what cities were i just didn't like if you said i'm gonna go to the city in charlottesville it'd be like what will what city i mean you never had that sort of shorthand it was always oh i'm gonna go to richmond i'm gonna go dc right so i didn't and i've never been to like new york you guys are talking about new york i have no idea i've been there four times maybe Right. not nearly enough to know
2: you've never been to upstate new york I've driven. <laughs> you've through. never been to Rochester or, or driven... Saugertees? Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those fun places. the Catskills? Oh, Albany. you haven't you haven't lived till you've no, stayed in I like haven't. one of those like uh Borsch belt like cat like Kutchers or like fucking one of those weird Catskills hotels. Which you
1: should explain now. Where, like,
2: all my grandparents got married.
1: Uh, Speaking of Jew- Jewish. There was a big
2: Jewish migrant in, like, the 50s, maybe, um, when the Jews kind of first came to prominence in, yeah. in New York after World War II. We weren't immigrants anymore. We were second generation. Uh, they started opening up all these resort communities up in—not communities, hotels up in the Catskills the Catskill
1: Mountains Catskill
2: Mountains of New York which is like uh t- maybe 2 or 3 hours north it's up by uh I can't even think of the name of the other mountain but that became like the Jewish vacation spot and from that there became uh a comedy thing started and a lot of like really famous comedians got their start working what they called the borscht belt B
1: O R S C H T
2: cuz it's like a uh russian beet soup it's like a very jewish thing uh, and the borscht belt was the uh, the different Catskills um resorts or whatever so like okay. Woody Allen like Rodney Dangerfield like tons like I can't even you think Woody Allen came out of the he Borscht totally belt? did he no I, I just watched that documentary the other day the I PBS one on Woody Allen yeah and he was a Catskills guy like he no did shit. he started off Borscht yeah
1: the cinematic shorthand by the way for this entire experience would be the the movies made from the plays of Neil Diamond maybe yes. some of them
2: probably yeah
1: but also most famously and correct me if I'm wrong about this, Dirty Dancing.
2: I think, yeah, that it's was a, at one Cat of Skills those Hotels, Jewish yeah. Catskills resorts. Where they came on vacation and he was some dude who worked there. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: 100%. Now, when I was growing up as a kid in suburban New Jersey, but also then once my dad went active duty in the Army and we moved way, 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 way upstate New York, I would see commercials on ABC7 out of New York City all the time for... Mount
2: Airy Lodge. Mount Airy
1: Lodge beautiful, in the Poconos, beautiful, right? Beautiful,
2: beautiful, And they had the fucking heart-shaped jacuzzis. I've been to Mount Airy Lodge on like a camp trip.
1: <laughs> and is that considered part of that...
2: Is I, that is I don't that think especially that's especially Jewish, Jewish. No, no, Not that so one much. isn't. The Jewish ones are... Um, I, I said it before, I'll, I can never fucking remember the names, but there's like three really big ones. And they're like compounds. They've got like tennis and fucking ice skating rinks and golf and yeah. like paragliding and like... It's just weird, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but they're also they are not mixed, right? What do you mean? Well, for instance, if uh, the Morrissey's, which sure sounds Catholic to me, are there un?
2: Nowadays, I think they are a lot more. Well, mixed.
1: nowadays they're kind of faded. They're and faded,
2: and they're also like they're in disrepair. None of them have had. Right? They're disgusting
1: because it just hasn't.
2: They're the boom left. You know what I mean? The Hamptons right. happened for those Jews, I guess. You know what By I mean? By
1: the way, let's just say. Great location for a horror movie.
2: Amazing location. A lot – like The Shining. That's what those hotels look like. The Shining Hotel. They're like up in the mountains. They're gigantic fucking compounds with no one in them. And just pictures of black and white photos of like my fucking ancestors like having a party or some shit. Wow. You
1: know what I mean? It's isn't that interest you? It's creepy. It interests me.
2: Yeah, it would be. You know what? It would be fun to go back now, knowing that like these places probably won't be around in a few years.
1: It would be fun actually to Google, and maybe I will if I listen to the show again at some future date, and I'm, I'm reminded of this conversation. <laughs> it would be fun to Google abandoned Jewish resorts, <laughs> abandoned New York Jewish resorts would yeah. be my search terms.
2: And I don't know that any are fully given up on yet, but they got to be close. Like, yeah. I'm sure you can get a room at Mount Airy Lodge for like twenty dollars a night. You're kidding. You know what I mean? When I when I went there in the in the er, late '90s, early 2000s, with like a summer camp, it was almost fucking dilapidated and gone. Like it was. Wow. It was bad. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's too bad. Look into it, gang. If, but if you're if you're listening, research abandoned Jewish resorts. Just type it in
1: Google and see what comes. But the in. New York thing is is very totally. specific. I, I think so. Yeah. 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 We don't like yeah, to yeah, go yeah.
2: far. We don't like to schlep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Excellent. Are we? uh Matt's giving We're us good, thumbs up, right? which means we've we hit, provided we've
2: provided an hour plus of entertainment mark, for you right? folks.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. Oh no, Matt. Let's just say another weekend, another dead Muppet. Yeah. The Muppets, dude, not, not happening. Not
2: doing so well, right? And now they got the whole. And I hate to say,
1: thing. I, I did talk to someone who um, I wouldn't necessarily call them an expert, and I wouldn't, I would, well, certainly not identify them. But I just sort of said anecdotally, "Do you think sequel?" Patrick Dempsey, based on this, based on the performance, no way.
2: Not, not with the no amount way. of advertising they put into this fucking movie. I don't no. think, and like, it's not when you look at their drop.
1: What it's did like they make second
2: weekend? Tw- like twelve.
1: I couldn't even tell you that. It's just I, I just know from anecdotal conversation. It's like it's it's it's,
2: it's it'll struggle to a hundred probably. It's not a
1: word. It's it's interesting because again, once all these the aforementioned from episode eight haters going to hate. uh Geek Journos, I know all started seeing the movie and loving the movie and buzzing about the movie. Started and doing in poorly. Some cases review reviewing the movie incredibly well, there was just this assumption that an incredibly well-liked or well-loved, uh, very, very well-reviewed movie would would just naturally and organically sustain itself at the box office and or catch fire, and it hasn't happened.
2: I think a big difference is um, the and fact And by the way,
1: Disney has announced, in case you didn't see this week, that they are taking the head of the and I mean that in medieval terms, <laughs> they're taking the head of the head of marketing.
2: Are they really? Yeah,
1: she's I don't mean, no. you would think so.
2: Um, my thought on that is, yeah, like, uh, you heard raves from almost every geek journal in the world, but yeah. the most important, I haven't heard anything from any kids, and that's, that's I, interesting. Have a, I have a 10-year-old cousin, and he hasn't mentioned the Muppets to me when I spoke to him for Thanksgiving. you think seen it? Probably not. I don't think, I think the people who are loving it in the, are the man-childs in their 30s. Or, or
1: again, I'm I'm 44 I, or and I'm older or generation, reaching
2: back for some nostalgia thing. But I don't think they're hitting. I don't like they put Demi Lovato and the fat kid from Modern Family in it. I don't think they're hitting that demographic.
3: Yeah, yeah, I would. I would did agree you see to. it, Willer? I have seen it. And did you dig it? I liked it. I liked it a lot actually. I was kind of expecting to, because I wasn't a Muppets kid. I not at all. I've seen them. You know, when I I'm was a kid. I'm aware of I saw these couple, Muppet babies yeah. for you, no. If not enough to make how, a connection how old to are you? it. I'm twenty one.
2: Okay. So yeah, you he Muppet Babies was done while he was I,
3: I know, was not a, our friend, I friend was Mike, Mike who was aware. thirty as a Muppet Babies kid. That's
2: me, twenty seven. They ran for like those
3: five years. Right. yeah, yeah. Okay. I got like the the tail end I got the bad ones. You got the shitty Muppets. Yeah. You got only shitty you got like Muppets in Space and yeah, like exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um it, I liked it though and I was surprised because I was Why was did you go if they meant so, if they mean so little to you? I went because I like um, Jason Segel. Okay. And I wanted his movie to do well. This is kind of his sort of... Uh um love child this this is this his solo you effort calling yeah. ju- you calling it you calling it
2: his movie just like that free- it goes into my whole fucking muppets
3: exactly what you talked about last thing. week
2: yeah like it shouldn't be yes he did it but it should be a muppet movie first and foremost
3: and it, it, it well no but that's the thing it is a mu- and i was very proud of him for doing this because it is all about the muppets it is he his storyline is minimal so much the so that humans. it's almost
2: unnecessary would it you is- say I would agree I with disagree that. Disagree
3: with that?
1: I thought you thought it was it a Jason counters, movie, Matt.
2: I did on. think it was. I did think it was more about Segel. The weird interjection of his storyline made the Muppets plot. It was so. The scope of the movie was so small that every time Siegel and Amy Adams appeared on screen, it fucked over whatever the Muppets had going. Because all of a sudden, it was about the only two humans in the movie. You know what I mean? There are only like ten characters with lines in it.
3: Do you agree, Mike Willer? Vaguely, I think that their storyline was necessary. To, I mean, you need humans to be in the. Is Muppet there always movie. a human? No,
2: not at who, all. Is there a human you in need... the
3: Muppet movie? No,
2: there are humans involved. There's like a bad guy catalyst. There's Hopper, the guy who wants to catch in the original Hermit Muppet movie. And, and, and make a frog or legs or whatever. But no, there are no humans with the gang, and there ha- there wasn't in Caper, and there wasn't in Manhattan. Okay. They met a girl in Manhattan who they became friends with and latched onto. But the Muppets have never had like a human handler before, okay. which is what I felt like this. Well, I would Muppet disagree. Treasure with that. Island. Um, they were the crew of like a uh, the ship. Yeah, they didn't okay. have like a yeah. There were humans in it, but Muppet uh-huh. Christmas Carol is the one that a human is the main character. It's Michael Caine. Okay, that's the only one I could. Is think that considered of. a success? Um, it's the first one post Henson's death, and it's uh-huh. I still prefer that. I like it better than the new Jason Segel one. Okay. I like the Muppet Christmas Carol a lot, but it's not the original trilogy.
3: Right, okay. I think one thing the Muppets did well was they made it, I wouldn't wouldn't go so far as to say relevant, but they made it its own thing today in terms of just the style of humor and sort of the way they approach the script. You like the movie more. Because you care way less about the Muppets. Yes, and that's, that's a good, good way, two way to put it. Reactions. Where Matt
1: Cohen, you that's like, a way of like, the movie. You like that they tailored it to today's
2: audiences and today's sensibility and like modern references. And I yeah. fucking that's the stuff that torn my soul out. You know well, what I mean?
3: And I, to be fair, I appreciate the old Muppets because I have seen enough to know where it's coming from. Right, but. And, again, the insertion of a uh, kid from Modern Family and another girl, that was totally flat. That
2: And, like, the whatever, the girl from, uh, uh, uh De- Emily, well, I don't even know her fucking name. That's the problem. The girl from Devil Wears Prada?
3: Uh, oh her name Emily her Blunt. character's name is Emily. Um she's Emily Blunt. Yeah,
2: she got Isn't, like a she got like so. a standing ovation in my theater. That's right. I had to Google wow. search her. I thought it was Kate yeah. Perry. Like I had that's no right, idea right. who these celebrity cameos were. I
3: actually recognized her, but she I don't I only from Devil Wars Prada. See, I
2: didn't even see I didn't see that. So yeah. Let me
1: ask you this just along these lines and it's nice to have the thing like it's nice to have this podcast back on firm. Footing geek Film wise. Because yeah, yeah. this is what's happening geek wise.
2: Totally. Pretty good. In much. theaters
1: right now is the Muppets. Well,
2: my real. And another jump off for this, maybe we should save this for next week. But if this is what the Muppets did, what the fuck going to happen with Tintin? No. Because I, I, I saw it and I dug no, it. No, Don't say that. I do dig Tintin. I oh, saw Tintin. Uh, so what you say. When you
1: say. Hang on, hang on, hang seen, on, Mike Willer. It's oh my been God, out I'm just talking like It's been, out, it's been out.
2: out for like three months in other countries, dude. You don't think That's it's That's right, found they released overseas.
1: But when you say, if this is what the Muppets did, you're not talking about the specific approach
2: no, I'm about or the, the
1: quality of the result. You're talking about box office Purely box office. So your question is, what what is to become? Here's the crazy thing is today movies I'm not for my iPhone. Don't keep me in suspense here. we is record Tintin? Hang on, Willer. Ah, hang on. Okay. As we record this, it is Monday, December 5th. The crazy thing is, between now and the first of the year, Obviously, there's what twenty six days, whatnot. Um, Tintin, all the war horse, yeah, mm. Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol. Oh God. Um, what's the other one that's opening? Uh, one Sherlock either. Holmes. I mean, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. It's cr- it's crazy. Yeah. Like,
2: and then you've like the twenty six days too. left
1: in the month, yeah. and Tinker all these Taylor big aircraft are, carriers yeah. are coming oh, into port.
3: Taylor Soldier. But then you got the
1: awards. Tinker Taylor is. I
3: don't. You don't I don't put
1: up anything. in in that. I'm talking about like major the studio, big pole
2: movies, they battleships saved they saved that a, are coming into port. Even Warhorse,
1: Warhorse is a major studio. That's Disney again. With I've Ray heard this amazing. What do
2: you think takes it? To ho- I think Holmes
1: takes takes in what sense? The
2: month. What's what's the what's the box office champion of all these ten pole movies coming out in December?
1: Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn. <laughs> I mean,
2: Hate
1: to course. say. He's I mean, it's right. not going to beat any of those because no, it's falling be off. Bigger. But in terms of where where all these things will end up, um, I see Warhorse doing really well. I, that I mean, is, it's that's the million dollar question.
2: I got a tough time seeing that do well.
3: I think I've heard really good things about it. I want it to do well. I'm all about it. It's, I think it feels like I, a throwback I think a Spielberg comeback is what is. people are hoping. I, that's for. what I'm wondering. Yeah. Are
2: we at a place where if you throw Spielberg's name on a movie, it does well? Because that's no. That's not what by default. That's what the, well, enough. I, you think so? Like, yeah. Okay.
1: I don't think the brand is the Spielberg, so called Spielberg. Which brand. Which comes out starnished. first? I think the or, Martin or Scorsese name on a movie is, no. has been proven Hugo, now meaningless. How did Hugo do? Not well. Terrible. See
2: that, and that's it's another, bombing. that's that second of three big kid movies. And by the way, not I know people
1: who love it, it's including love. Um, our missed co host, Greg Yolan, who is all about Hugo. And if he was here today, a big chunk of this show would have been dedicated to talking well, to Hugo. you, you got Muppets,
2: Muppets Hugo, and Tintin. They're these three high-concept, fucking uber-expensive movies that are that kids' are In some movie,
1: way, some way aimed at children, kids but, you, but as well not. as hopefully.
2: However, a Happy Feet 2 will blow them all out of the water.
1: But Happy Feet 2 tanked.
2: Did it really? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't I'm out of it.
1: Happy Feet 2, like people have been laid off. Really? Yeah. Okay. happy 2 was a
3: big big it was total
2: okay so i'm totally wrong i just feel like these random insert kids cgi movies are are the guaranteed office
3: one thing you could draw between those three that you mentioned tintin uh what was warhorse and and muppets Muppets and hugo hugo they're all they all have they can all draw on an older audience in terms of like okay you have the film lovers who love hugo you have you know, the people who used to watch the Muppets. Yeah, of course,
2: Spielberg and Muppets. Yeah. But, and
3: then they're all also supposed to be kids movies. Do you think the fact that the kids aren't seeing them is the reason they're bombing?
1: I think, well, I mean, this is, a, this is a discussion for another podcast, but there's a, there's a big, if you're in this zip code, you're aware of it. If you're reading Variety every day, you're aware of it. There is a slump at the multiplexes across this country. Twilight notwithstanding, there is a big, slump that's been going on for months now and I think and people are people at the studios are freaked out about it and um, the great hope is that again with a lot of these to you know keep hitting my metaphor same boring metaphor but with these these big battleships coming to port within within the rest of December there is a hope of that some of these will work in, in a major way financially to lift the box office above where it was last year because for, I don't know how long now, and I'm just, I am have friends I have to bring on the show who could tell me exactly when this, the so-called slump started and stuff, but, but business is off at the movie theaters, kids. Twilight notwithstanding. Twilight
3: notwithstanding. Um, was about. there any kind of hope that Twilight would break that out and out and then it was sort of... Well, it did, Twilight did break it. Well, no, I mean on its own, Italy. but then my follow-up was and then free up other movies to follow in its path.
1: Yeah, I think there's always an argument to be made for um what's good for the movie business, what's good for movie theater owners who, we re- who are referred to as exhibitors, yeah. um theater circuits, is people going to the movies and having a good experience at the movies. People paying... What you, whatever you have to pay now, I think the national average is seven dollars and change, or maybe eight bucks and change. It? And having a good time at the movies over a weekend is good for movies because if you go to the movies and you have a good time this weekend, mm-hmm. chances are you'll be more uh, hospitable to the idea Warm, of going back to the movies within the next two or three weeks and having another good experience. If you go to the movies and have a terrible experience, one, one, two, three times in a row, you know, it's I don't know. No one knows what the cause of the slump is. It's basically the movie, busi- movie business equivalent of a drought. But even less it, dramatic. I mean, there are not animals dying, but it's like <laughs> um,
2: that's what they do in Hollywood. But is it because people
1: have had a bad experience over the summer with the summer pictures? Who knows? Everybody now is trying desperately. You know, editorials are being written. You know, people are are parsing the uh, chicken bones and all that stuff, trying to figure out what the cause of the slump is so that they can, they can remedy remedy it permanently. Um, We'll see,
3: you know, I wonder, I wonder, this is a totally random thought here. I wonder if someday in the future movie theaters will be cut out entirely and Releases will go wow, straight to fear. coming soon. That's the so called collapsing windows. That's, I mean, yeah, which is a great subject
1: I'm,
2: I'm starting to get the fucking shakes because people are like, fuck Blu rays, and I'm like, no, fuck you, man. I don't, yeah. I need, I need physical product. I'm not, I'm never gonna no, go I feel all the digital. Same way. I will never I still go buy all digital
1: CDs, which I'm a collector, are, which are compact discs. You're a collector, too. <laughs> I buy you get DVDs, it. I buy Blu rays, I read
2: books, I don't read ebooks. Bill
1: Condon buys all of these things and. Mass quantities. Yeah, he's a huge collector. So
2: it's that. Yeah, we don't. It's it's a weird time because who knows if things will look the same way they did now in five years? There might not be movie theaters anymore.
3: That's Everyone. A, it's fucking depressing. Just, all this VOD. Well, that's the,
1: the scariest thing about the slump is, is it not the slump? Is it? Is there no recovery from the
3: so Totally. Is it the new reality? And what, what about, will they? What desperate measures will they go to to try and fix that? A lot of things are changing, that?
2: man. Uh, the, what about the big thing? Is a lot of big um, studios just announced that they will no longer be making uh, prints available for archival showings?
3: Oh, oh, wow.
2: And fun. New Beverly flipped out. They started a petition. They're wow. like, we're just not going to put them out anymore. It's not worth it. We, wow. No one shows them. We're not going to. We're not going to have them available.
1: So what the, the studio would just say? We're, instead, we're going to send you a DVD, you, or we're yeah. going to send. We're going to transmit a signal to your. Bot, uh, your
2: little black digital, box in yeah. the
3: projector, in the projector booth where, you don't need a hu- booth. where
2: you don't need a human to run the projector. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? It, they're taking was, it all away.
3: Yeah. I just met and have been talking to a person who managed a movie theater, you know, and the whole experience of it is so much more, for lack of a better word, fun when you're running film. Yeah. Because you're threading projectors, sometimes two, yeah. three, four, five, six projectors, yeah. and you have to sort of make it um, you're actively you're a,
2: actively engaged in the
3: process. Yeah, you're there's a talent involved that. in it. Yeah. There's there's sort of planning and in those days. In. I assure you, those days are over and they're oh, gone. Damn. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. gone. It's been gone. They're not
1: technically. There are still 35 they're, prints that are going out to many, many, many multiplexes across the country. But, but the number is within minimal. the next five to ten years, there will be no more.
2: Yeah, no more 35 prints.
1: 35 projectors. The, yeah, no way. Yeah. Digital is,
3: is. Yeah.
2: I mean, think about it. Nowadays, if if you're in a movie theater and the screen is blurry, it takes like 18 minutes to find someone to fix it for you. Because yeah. nobody's it sitting there. It used to be you just yeah, no, screamed, focus, and all of a sudden it got focused. Now yep. you have to go fucking Not find anymore. someone in the lobby. And that's because they took the
1: union projectionists out of the projection booth and replaced them with so-called owner-operators, which is which is Converse. basically code for <laughs> ushers. <laughs> ushers who know how to operate the equipment. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. all they have to do is press a button. Yeah. And that yeah. happened in the 90s. It's a
2: sad world, guys. Anyway. But it'll be happy next time.
1: Um, <laughs> I have to race off. I'm making an adjustment right now, uh, Matt Cohen. Episode 9, Back in Time, not Just in Time, back. and not J-U-S-T-I-N Time. Oh, Let's Lord. call it Back in Time because oh, there's it. a little soft Back to the Future reference there, which if if I was looking at the episode titles of Team Jack, I'd rather see Back in Time than Just in Time.
2: Which sounds like it could be a weird In the Nick of Time reference, which is like no the one Depp Yeah, not a good movie. Yeah, no, no. Not a great movie.
1: So it's going to be Episode 9, Back in Time. Back in Time. In time. For no particular reason other than any 80s reference will do in a pinch. Um, For Team Jack, I'm Jack Morrissey. For myself, I'm Michael Willer.
2: For the world, I'm Matt Cohen.
1: (laughs) And we'll see you for episode 10. We'll gladly take your title proposals. (laughs) We'll see you on Twitter.